0: Welcome back to another episode of the Rookie Curse Podcast, the podcast for all things Philadelphia 76ers. My name is Andrew Quinlan. I appreciate any and all of you that are listening. Um, it's been a very somber few days uh, for the NBA community, the Philadelphia community, the worldwide basketball community, uh, following the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant, um, his daughter Gianna, and several other victims of the horrific helicopter crash. Um, in Southern California, on Sunday morning, uh, I'm still incredibly shocked by it. I can't really believe it. I still can't believe it. Um, it's it's pretty heartbreaking. Seeing um, just how how sudden and out of the blue it was. Um, like I, I, it feels it feels like Superman died. It, it's it's just strange how uh influential he was and how and how uh just kind of like a living icon he was and it's just strange that he's it's just now he's he's gone um along with eight other people including his daughter um including john altabelli and um it's it's and as well as his wife and his daughter. And uh, the pilot and uh, Christina Mauser. If I'm, I hope I'm saying everyone's name right. Uh, I'm sorry, I haven't heard the names uh, verbally, but it's just, uh, it's it's just surreal seeing how many people he impacted. Um, like the the, the term phra- the phrase "bigger than basketball" is thrown around a lot, uh, but Kobe actually was, and you know, I wasn't, I kind of caught on, on the second leg of Kobe's career, the last 10 years, I wasn't, you know, I was pretty young, I was born in 99, so I was pretty, uh, didn't really see the number, many of the number eight years, but the number 24 Kobe is, uh, well ingrained in my head, and he really was that great, um, and that influential and seen. uh, seeing the outpour of love and and respect for him in the last two days has been pretty amazing. Uh, a true, it's hard to remember a true tragedy like this, uh, that impacts this many people in terms of like, uh, just one person passing away. Obviously, there have been some, some major tragedies. I'm not trying to start anything there. Uh, but it's, it's, it's still surreal to me. Um, I wasn't even like, a. a big Kobe guy I guess I never like you know hated him or anything but I just wasn't I, like it was it's it's he was always like oh yeah he's from Philly but he's also in the Lakers so it's like but uh I don't know it's I've never I've never really been that hit that hard after after someone's death who I don't know so uh rest in peace to all of the victims of the plane uh, the helicopter crash excuse me um Just a really, really sad few days, and it's going to continue to be a sad period of time uh, for the league as they get past this. Um, And uh, I wish nothing but the best for Vanessa Bryant and her daughters um, and the whole Bryant family. It's just very surreal. Um, So attempting to move on from that... uh, This is a Sixers podcast, and Kobe was uh, kind of intertwined with Saturday night's game, so I guess it's okay to move on and try to think about that. Uh, It was the last game the Sixers played, the last game the Lakers played, and now the Lakers uh, are—they've canceled their game for tonight or postponed it for tonight against the Clippers. So, um, I'll try to move forward with that game. So Saturday night uh, was a was a, a fun, a really fun win. Um, that was a really great win, missing Josh and Joel. I haven't, uh, I'm trying to, th- uh, yeah, I haven't recorded since last Monday. So, yeah, Josh is out now for a few weeks uh with a hamstring injury, which kind of sucks because he was playing pretty well of late. He had one player of the week recently. Uh He'd already had a hamstring injury uh earlier in the year. Luckily, I, I believe, I'm pretty sure this was a, the other hamstring. So, at least it's not a recurring thing. Um. Hopefully he takes all the time he needs to get back because we really need him uh, we really need that that creation and and ball handling and uh defense like we we've still missed it a decent chunk, especially versus Toronto uh after he left the game it really would have helped having him against you know Van Fleet, especially toward the end of the game but yeah saturday was a was a really great win uh Ben had one of his another great game. Against this time, against finally against a good—I don't want to say finally against a good team—he's actually played pretty well against good teams this year. Uh, but yeah, this was like a high-scoring, high-volume game from Ben, and he and he really showed out on both ends. He had five steals or four steals, uh, and twenty-eight points, nearly a triple-double. Uh, did a good job on LeBron. Did a pretty good job on basically anyone he was switched on to. Uh, he found guys, found open shooters. Got to the basket at will, made his free throws. Um, made generally made smart decisions with the ball. I thought, yeah, I mean, he had a couple bad turnovers, but that happens. You, I can't. Um, it, it's it seems like he's playing smarter this year. Like he doesn't have as many crazy pass turnovers or, uh, you know, just poor decisions. He still had one earlier in the uh, in the game where he was driving and tried to find. Uh, I believe it was Tobias. It was either Tobias or Quorkmaz or somebody on the on the opposite wing for three and LeBron saw it from a mile away and stole it and got an and one on the on the other one. That was like a pretty rough one. But overall, I think Ben's been playing a lot smarter recently. Um his defense toward the end of the game was fantastic. He was great. Uh Tobias had a great scoring night, 29 points, hit it three threes, um, got to the basket well. He took uh he took Anthony Davis off the dribble. Yeah, you know, I mean Anthony Davis is slow. He's, I wouldn't say slower than Tobias, but he, you know, he has so much length and he's so athletic that it's not easy getting by him. Um, and he finished with a nice reverse layup. Uh, he had a couple of nice defensive stops. He had a pretty big, kind of like put him away bucket uh, in the last few minutes of the game. He was re- he was really good. He was the perfect, you know, perimeter score that they needed for the night. Uh, and he's been really great lately. So really happy with Tobias's play. Um... Horford had a nice night. He hit three straight clutch buckets to basically ice it after the Lakers made a pretty sizable dent in the Sixers' lead. Uh, they cut it to five, and then Horford hit a pick-and-pop mid-range from Ben, and then he hit a pick-and-pop three from Ben, and then he uh, took on Danny Green on a switch and posted up and hit a little fadeaway. That basically ended the game. Now that, that really did been the Tobias' little floater thing, and Ben Zan won really, you know sealed it um but yeah Horford was very solid he had a couple threes slower start but then you know really picked it up I thought he did a pretty good job on AD I mean AD still got his because he's Anthony Davis he had 31 but like you know he forced him into some innocent, tough jumpers didn't make it easy at the rim um outside of those a few lobs just because Anthony Davis is like impossible to stop on lobs he can jump out at the gym his arms go to like the top of the backboard and he's uh, just a really like really good awareness when he's rolling to the rim Especially with a guy like LeBron passing to him. Um And we didn't shoot like exceptionally well. We shot, you know, thirty five percent, I think thirty-seven attempts. Like we shot well. We shot I think we made nine in the first half. We made nine threes. Uh I was talking about shooting from three. I wasn't really talking about shooting overall, but basically in this in this league that's all it is anymore, is basically threes, but um Yeah, like we had nine in the first half, corkmans hit a few. I don't think Korkmaz made any in the second half. Um, Like, Korkmaz and Tobias had. Korkmaz, Tobias, and Thibault, I think, had all of our threes. Had eight of our nine threes in the first half, and then Neto hit one, and then Neto hit another one later. But um, other than that, we weren't really shooting that well. Like, it wasn't like the Bucks game where they kind of shot unsustainably well. This was just a very very balanced scoring effort. Uh, Excuse me. A little tongue tongue slip. Uh, Balanced scoring effort from everyone i don't know i just thought everyone played everyone contributed it felt like other than maybe ennis and mike scott um which it's weird how now like at the end of the season it was like all right the two like solidified bench pieces will be scott and ennis and now those two have kind of been replaced by i guess Corkmaz and i mean matisse definitely has replaced ennis uh in the pecking order of the team of the rotation and in terms of like the shooter off the bench it's it's probably Corkmaz now uh Man, Mike Scott has just been bad. Just been so bad lately. There was, I think, there was one possession where we got three offensive rebounds, and he had two threes in it, and one of them was really open. He just like completely bricked it. You know, sh- you know, he's a shooter and everything. Like, you know, he, he gets in the slumps, but man. And then I don't, I-, I was kind of surprised that Brett didn't play. We didn't play any back fives that game. We played Ben at the five, and I think we played Mike Scott. I mean, they played Ben and Mike Scott in the front court a little bit, and for a little bit it was against Anthony Davis, and that did not work. Um, To Brett's credit, he realized it pretty quickly. But, yeah, I was surprised Pell didn't play or even O'Quinn. Like, O'Quinn could have done a little bit. Um, They did basically force Howard out of the game. Uh, And Dwight Howard has actually played us pretty well recently. Like, he's had a couple good games against Joel. I think he had, like, a 20-20 game versus Joel or something close uh, when he was on the Hornets. Like Dwight, uh, Dwight says definitely given us problems, but he, they, they started hacking him. And, uh, in the second half, I think with like just over two minutes left in the quarter, um, which is when like the rule changes, I guess, but he missed four straight free throws. Um, <laughs> and they were making a little bit of a dent in the lead. And then I think Cork Corkman hit a three and Matisse hit a three that kind of like offset, um, or they kind of compounded on Dwight's misses. So getting Dwight out of there was nice, and I guess that's kind of why they didn't really need to play another five, but it would have been nice to see Pell or something. Um, Oh, Shake Milton started and played pretty well. He had nine nine points, I think. I believe it was nine points. Might have been seven. No, he had seven, nine, and three. He had nine rebounds. I don't know why I don't just look it up. But no, no, he had seven points, nine rebounds, and three assists. He had a, a beautiful... Ran a beautiful little action with Ben on like a fake handoff thing, and he cut to the basket and made like a like a reverse scoop layup over LeBron or past LeBron. Um, he had a movement three in the second uh, beginning of the second half, and uh, he was Ben found him on another cut at the basket uh, sometime in the third. Shake held his own. Just having another guy that can bring, like they were really playing Shake at point guard. Like he was bringing the ball up, um, like Ben was just handing it to him. In the first quarter, it's not like it was at the end of the game, like he was. Yeah, he's a point guard tonight, and I thought he did all right for a little bit. I thought he looked a little like shaken uh, by the moment because I, I don't. I don't know. Like I, he he did play a little bit on Wednesday in a game that I missed because um, I was working. But all I had really seen him do was hit a couple threes. But no, he he was he was handling it. Uh, so that was nice. I mean, in like summer week, kind of thought Shake was gonna be the backup before they signed Neto and burke it kind of was like okay shakes the backup because shake had gotten a little bit of run as a rookie and um you know in g league he was he was had a real like ball handling game like he was putting up like over 20 every night he was getting to the basket he was drawing free throws so who knows maybe shake is that if like the the idea of shake millen is like exactly what we need which is just like a ball handler that can shoot and play with Ben. Now he, he might not have the handle to do it, and he might not have the be able to handle it physically. But you know, for for spurts, what's don't we see what we got? He'll probably play tonight versus the Warriors. Um, so yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. I thought just seeing Shake Milton like at some point—that's just something I wanted to see. I'd kind of started forgetting about him because he he's not a two-way anymore. He's signed to the team. Um but he's just been in Delaware a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um but uh yeah, I was I was pretty pleasantly surprised. And I saw people saying like oh, it was a, it was a scheduled win. Like you can't you can't say a win where our best players out and our what third highest scorer? It's also out. You can't say that's a scheduled win. Come on, come on. That's uh, both teams were at a disadvantage. The Lakers were on the end of a long road trip, the Grammys trip, um, and we are we were playing like not eight NBA players, so yeah, that was that was a great win. Matisse had another great game, poked away a ball from LeBron, hit a couple threes, had that like statement block on Danny Green when he was standing still. He was... His feet were on the ground. He blocked him. (laughs) Rough game for Danny Green. But, um... Yeah, just a... Just a really relieving win. Would have been nice if the win was on the road. Just one more. Like, the only... Honestly, like, the only truly great road win of the year in terms of competition has been Boston. Which I'll take. But, like... They've they've won good games on the road. Like, the Portland game. Um... Man, uh, I guess both Knicks games were, like, good wins, but they should have blown them out. I mean, whatever in that regard. I don't even want to get into that. They were both good games, at least. Uh, And and the Brooklyn game last week was a good road win. But, like, we still need a couple more, and we're going to have some tests coming up. So I think we play in Boston on Saturday, and then Milwaukee and Miami. So, yeah, we got a – it's time to show our – Show our stuff. I think I, I. It seems like Joel's come back either tomorrow or either tonight or Thursday night. I don't even care. Like tonight's game. That's why I'm recording now. Excuse me. I hit my hand right there. Um. Like I, I was gonna record tomorrow, but I'm like I don't really care what happens tonight. We can lose to the Warriors. And I wouldn't care. Uh, I just don't have the energy to care about this game. Uh, these two games. That said, if they lose both, I'll be pretty concerned. But like. I it's it's I still don't think anyone can beat us other than Milwaukee and even them I'm just not they have heavy like they're better than the old Cavs teams but they have like heavy vibes of the 2009 Cavs where they just roll everyone and then it just doesn't really translate but who knows maybe maybe they're good enough like I, I'm not sure I don't I say it all the time I don't want to disrespect the Bucks like you know they're a great team they've beaten good teams. They beat everyone by a lot. Like they're, they deserve the hype, but it doesn't mean they're unbeatable. You know, like they're definitely a beatable team. And and we match up well. And then I think of the other teams. And I've done this rant a lot, but it's like I think of the other teams. It's like Toronto, a team with Pascal Siakam is not gonna as their best player. He, they're, he's they're not gonna beat us in the playoffs if we're healthy. Like they're just not. Ben does such a good job on Siakam. And all these little role players that the Raptors have every year, like, yeah, they won't really matter that much in the playoffs. They're great at developing them, but, like, Van Fleet didn't do anything for the first two-and-a-half series last year. Admittedly, he did do great first, you know, the second half of the Bucks series and versus the Warriors, but still. Um, Lowry is prone for a, a bad game in the playoffs, a bad game or two. And, like, Terrence Davis, like, I'll probably... That's probably bite me in the ass, honestly. But, like, is Terrence Davis going to do any, like, anything against us in the playoffs? Probably not. Is Norman Powell? Probably not. Like, Norman Powell's good. I wish he was on the Sixers, but, like, he probably wouldn't do anything against us. Um, and the same goes for, um, um, like, Miami's role players. Like, yeah, I'm actually really impressed with Miami on how they've developed these guys, like Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn and uh, hero and you know derrick jones but like i don't know are any of those guys really gonna be like not abused in the playoffs i don't i don't think so but and then the other who's the other team boston we're gonna beat and then indiana sorry no like no, we're not gonna lose Indiana. Um, I sound dumb, but it's just I'm just confident in this the team at full strength. Um. So yeah, good win on Saturday. Uh, uh I'm still not really over this Kobe thing. That's why I'm kind of like distracted. Like I I just pulled up Twitter once just to see like if there was an update for joel and it's just kobe uh in it like it's a good thing that he's you know being remembered it's just i don't know i'm just it's still weird to me i've just been saying to myself like kobe's gone for two days and it still doesn't make any sense it'll be a nice tribute uh nice tribute tonight at the wells fargo center and that's why i kind of think joel's gonna play tonight uh zoom off said 26 minutes ago that he's questionable which was the report yesterday. Um I'd be kind of surprised if, uh, if Joel didn't play, especially, I know a lot of people don't want to play the all-star game. It, like the all-star game is definitely going to have a lot of Kobe tributing, uh, in a few weeks. So I think Joel would definitely play. So, um, yeah, I, there's only been two games since my last recording, even though it's been a week, like they had two days off in between both of these games. Uh, so not that much to say. I kind of just wanted to pay respects to Kobe and uh, talk about a fun win. but um, has there uh, there, haven't really, there hasn't really been any trade buzz, especially in the last few days now. Uh, it seems like reporters are taking, taking time to um, you know pay respects and not really do much reporting on transactions and stuff. But I haven't really heard anything. Um it's the same as always, another ball handler, another shooter. It's really not much has changed. Uh the I I don't even want to try to think of fake rumors or start rumors or whatever, but like with Powell going down in Dallas, like I wonder if they would be interested in Horford. In what I think they would if they would get him it'd be like a three year uh three team deal. Because he'd be a fantastic fit there. But Horford's played well recently. I still would be very happy if he's on the team next in three weeks. I'm not trying to start anything there. So, yeah, um, sorry for this kind of, I will not say lackluster. It's just kind of a uh, off episode of this podcast. I just, just wanted to get some thoughts out there for a little bit. Um, I don't even think this is going to reach like 25 minutes. I can't see the time. But, yeah, I appreciate any of you that are listening. Um, If there's anything anybody wants me to talk about, just hit me up on Twitter, at Quinlan 3 There's a big SQ Sports piece about Kobe and uh, Kobe Jeter and Eli Manning basically the whole last week and how it's affected a a whole generation of sports fans. So check that out on uh, sqsports.wordpress.com. I didn't write it. Uh, My friend Tristan did. So, shout out to him for writing that. Um, Other than that, take care. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. I'll probably see you guys next week. All right, peace.